Mr. Dennison. How? Uh, good. There's a, this is rapper named Jack Harlow. Are you familiar with this kid? It's from Louisville, Kentucky kid. Yeah. He has a song called Tyler Hero. That makes sense. I don't know. Is where's Hero from? I mean, obviously he played ball here. But... He played ball there, but I think he's like from the Michigan area, if I'm not mistaken. Still, it's kind of like I have rules in life. I don't ask for another man for his autograph. Mm. I try not to wear another man's jersey. Mm, you probably have broken and that. A few times. I've broken it. You know, and, and I drink. It's what I do. I'm an advertising man, not a red herring. I've got a job, a secretary, a mother, two ex-wives, and several bartenders dependent upon me. And I don't intend to disappoint them all by getting myself slightly killed. Cary Grant becomes a secret agent against his will. Propelled at gunpoint onto the highest level of international intrigue. And framed for murder. Cary Grant, running for his life, searching for a man who doesn't exist. And a secret nobody knows. And finding a blonde who has all the answers. Hello there. Tell me, why are you so good to me? Shall I climb up and tell you why? At breakneck speed, they race together toward the excitement that lies dead ahead, north by northwest. How do I know you aren't a murderer? You don't. Cary Grant, Eva Marie Saint, and James Mason as the man of sinister surprises. Apparently, the only performance that will satisfy you is when I play dead. In your very next role, you'll be quite convincing, I assure you. The perfect setup for suspense. With the perfect woman and the perfect crime. As Alfred Hitchcock takes you north by northwest. These are both for Marcus Play, right? Uh, what, what, what do you mean both? What's Beverly Hills Cop. The text that I have is, hey, let's do north by northwest. Yeah, that's, Hills okay, Cop. so I was going to ask you about that before we get into it. So should we do north by northwest? It's kind of its own thing. And then do like a, a smaller episode explaining the shift, or are you fine with explaining the shift in format within the context of this episode? As far as the See, I thought that thing. we were explaining the shift, and that's why North by Northwest is the Mount Rushmore thing, Okay, right? Not only is it literal have the Mount mm-hmm. Rushmore, but it, for many people, it is the one of the Mount Rushmore films of mm-hmm. whatever. You know, I could kind of, and we kind of talk a little bit, because there's... Not much to say about this movie, so. All right, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Start us off. It's just gonna troll you all Jeez. night. <laughs> God. Are you starting? Or are you waiting for me? This is your show. This is North oh, by my, Northwest. My show. So you're gonna do the uh, the Eddie Murphy, um, yes. jersey wearing, <laughs> praising him to the heavens, the ball washing, <laughs> jersey wearing. Yeah. Oh God, yes. Okay. I'll do that for Hitchcock then. I'll take the classic. So welcome to Mark S. Played, where we're going to talk about uh, a certifiable all-time action-adventure thriller, classic of cinema. Uh, I don't know what the Rotten Tomato score is, but uh, if there is a... 99%. I looked it up. If there is a 1%, I, I guess, dear listeners, you have the pleasure of getting to hear at least half of the content of this podcast, if not more, if he starts ranting. Uh, welcome, Mr. 1%, hater of North by Northwest, my co-host, Hiro. This is the only part of my life where I get to be part of the 1%, right? So. <laughs> it's not the part you really want to be, is it? No. Yeah. Okay. No. Well, just take it your victories come... where you can. 
you, you have to. Honestly, I, I would, you know, I, I, I rib you quite a bit about doing this because it is pretty much on the nose considering weeks. what we're trying to do. Weeks. Like, I, I watched this, I think, right before Christmas, and it's a breezy, easy rewatch. And as of, was it yesterday? You were still struggling through it? I finished it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, How many attempts? T- I watched it in about 10-minute increments. God. Until yesterday, One, the first, you know, forty minutes I watched in ten minute increments, and then all of it in one shot. There you go. I gave uh, old that guy Hitchcock his due. You're doing the like the, the Snyder cut here, the version turning it into a miniseries. It, it, you know, it, there's, you know what it is. Okay, so like you know, sex is a good time. Okay, I'm following still. Okay, so I remember the first time I had sex. I thought it was amazing. It was so oh, like this is, boom. This is gonna get depressing. <laughs> I don't like where this is going. But now, <laughs> you know, as my you know my three point sh- shot has improved, mm-hmm. you know my handle has improved. Okay. My post game, you know, back down my opponent, you're, wear him out. Are you saying there are no more tricks to learn that you, you don't have anything no, but to you challenge look yourself? Back at the first time you did it, and you're like, ooh, you're just happy to be there. Yeah, you're just happy to be okay. there. It's just like, wow, that was innovative. That was new at the time. But if you brought that skill set to today's day and age, what would uh, my wife think of that? If I, of you Terry know, Grant? Oh, I and if I gave her the two-minute jackhammer, <laughs> <laughs> the speed <laughs> the speed dial bunny in today's day and age. So, I mean, I, I respect North by Northwest. I think that... <clears throat> You know, it was innovative and it's amazing for its time. It still holds up it, it, to a degree, right? Because it's it moves, right? But it's it's very difficult to watch Roger Thornhill being the idiot that he is. He steps in complete it. moron quite a bit. So I mean, it's a it's a trope. It's it's Hitchcockian even for a Hitchcock joint. He's going over some of the the, the same mechanics uh, of plot that he, he enjoys. The wrong man. Uh, the guy that just suddenly finds himself embroiled in this, uh, you know, international uh, mystery, yeah. this con job that people are pulling on him. Uh, I guess both the international uh, traitors, the villains, and the uh, domestic good guys are just letting Cary Grant show his ass. And as he continues to do so, there's almost a pride they take in his stupidity that he's making their con work, making it play. Uh, by continuing to, uh, I guess, kick the hornet's nest here. A little bit of that is, it, it's a, you know, this is a cop-out excuse, but it's a movie, right? Where if, if someone just decided to stop and say, hmm, that's strange. Um, I'm just, this lady's throwing herself at me. No, uh, no, no, either, no, that's not strange. Uh, either Gary Grant is, <laughs> you know, he's really accustomed to just the one of the most beautiful women ever, just to just throw herself at the. I, I paid the guy five bucks. You have you sit here. That doesn't really. I, or I buy it. He's just an idiot. You know, I, I think of uh, some. Well, okay, I was about to compare him to Clooney, um, who I think Ooh. is you know like a modern day Cary Grant. However, uh, Clooney, when he goes buffoonish, goes all in on being a buffoon. He's played, especially when he works with the Coen Brothers. He usually plays someone who is incredibly dumb. And does incredibly stupid things. So yeah, like oh brother, we're out there immediately starts like you know flashing in my eyes here. So are you saying that this film, for your modern sensibilities, leans a little too much like Burn After Reading? 
where it's a uh, con job that's being pulled over by stupid people on stupid people. And, you know, the when you get to the sort of end result of that film, it's basically you have one outside observer saying all these people are idiots and they pretty much deserve the mayhem that they've caused. Exactly. I, I think I, I think you hit it on the, the uh, and it's not just him. It's not just Cary Grant as the idiot, right? The 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 Van Damme henchman uh-huh. is a moron as well. So you don't like their their way of finding out this uh, this mole, which it is revealed. You know, spoiler spoiler for this classic. If you've not gotten around to it at this point, or if you're still watching, you forgot it. to do the air quotes when you said the word classic. Um, well, I was you know do air quotes for uh, your your tactics of watching this in ten minute increments. Maybe they've not yet got to the episode where all is revealed. It's my way of honoring Quibi, like <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> Um, so yes, what happens here to Cary Grant is that, uh, he genuinely just happens to be in the wrong place at the wrong time where the American government had, you know, they're, they're playing this cat and mouse mouse game, trying to, to ferret out that the bad guys, they have their own inside operative, but they also have, I guess, an outside operative who, uh, is a man that has hotel reservations and a paper trail, but does not ex- actually exist. So what kicks this wrong man concept off yet again for Hitchcock is that Cary Grant just happens to uh, need to place a phone call. He stands up when someone shouts out this fictional man's name. So, yes, going back to Burn After Reading, the henchman here, like, well, that's the guy. I don't care what he says from this point forward. He's still throwing up. knives at people. <laughs> Let's just do it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I have a, a lot of fun with this one. And, I do look at it comedically, not like I'm making fun of it, but I think that it's interesting when you watch these, because I'm sure when this came out, this was like the Michael Bay summer blockbuster for that season. Like, I don't know if it's meant to be right. taken as, you know, the, uh, I don't know if it actually has a Criterion collection, but now it is North by Northwest Hitchcockian classic. But yeah. at the time it had to be, this is just a summer box office silly movie with movie stars and don't think too much about it, which is interesting because I actually wanted to bring some evidence that I guess would help your case. Um, but it also makes me enjoy the movie more. So do you know the, how this film came together? No. <laughs> Hitchcock's got, I think he was assigned some project by uh, the studio. I think it was MGM. And it was based on like a, you know, best-selling novel, like, you know, a, a bi- think of it like a, um, like a time to kill where it's like, Oh, this is, it's a bestseller. It's a perfect thriller for you. We'll get big movie stars. We'll do it. He's just not into it. So he's got the writer though, that they've assigned him at the time. And he likes the writer he's working with. And he's like, you know what I'd rather do? I'd rather do a movie where there's a chase on top of Mount Rushmore. Like that's it. it. That's done like that. He, he, so the guy wrote it on spec. He's just like, here, well, this dumbass idea. It, it, okay. You think that's a dumbass idea. So the famous, um, crop dusting attack sequence where this Cary Grant yes. is in a field by Which himself. is ridiculous. When you look at it, it is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it's been even more ridiculous. Hitchcock's original idea was, uh, that our good guy would be totally alone in a field. Looking in all directions, there's no one around him, and somehow the bad guys are still able to attack him, and he's completely isolated, completely alone. And so when the writers like, well, how, you know, what are you thinking? How would they, how would they do that? They have to like, someone has to be present. And Hitchcock says a tornado, 
and the guy's <laughs> pulling his hair out and is like, how that is an entirely different movie where I now have to not only have the bad guys control a tornado, but then we have to get into the weeds on how do they have those capabilities? You can't just drop that in the middle of nowhere. So I'm bringing this to you because I do think that with time, all of the uh, faults, all of the burn after reading sort of ideas yeah. are dropped by the wayside. There was at one moment a poor screenwriter who made this all come together, but he's basically just being thrown these <laughs> spitwads. It's like an episode of Chopped. <laughs> Have you ever watched that show? Uh -uh. What is, Chopped? What is that? Chopped is like this television show on the Food Network okay. where you have these four professional chefs. And you give them a basket of ingredients. And it'll be like, here is a monkey's asshole. Here is a pineapple. Here <laughs> I like is your version leeks. of North by Northwest better word. Exactly. Hitchcock says, I, I want a monkey's asshole in this. The detective's <laughs> And you got to make a Michelin star dish out of it in 15 minutes. Go. And then they just compare the dish. This is what Northwest it sounds like. What you're describing to me is like Hitchcock just was throwing monkey assholes and pineapples and plums and radishes mm -hmm. at this poor screenwriter. And this this is what he came up with. AFI's number 40 movie of all time or 55 if you look at that 10th anniversary edition. Which one do you, uh, do you look at, by the way? Because I, I just started a brand new podcast with Dave, a podcast directed by. Again? Didn't you learn your lesson the last three times? Well, it's in place of a podcast directed by. So it, it gets me out of that, which was garbage. Now, what is this new thing? Well, okay, so uh, I guess the accusation in the premise is that I feel like Dave has no taste, and so he must get his taste from a, a predetermined list, such as the AFI list or Sight and Sound. So he's pulling from those, and I am pulling from stars. That's the premise of the podcast. Now, this is so. Are you guys like alternating or We're alternating both? episodes? Yes. So he he, oh, he picks okay. one, then I I follow up. Yeah. So I know which one to hit Mark S. Blade. Right. right. <laughs> Hashtag the name of this show, which no longer has any sort of meaning whatsoever. Uh, I mean, there's marks on a you know the mountain somewhere, I guess. Yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah, whatever. Um. Anyway, I don't know well, where we wait, were, uh, that I didn't finish my question though. Uh, the Go one ahead. thing we've had in the the sort of using that premise is. Uh, AFI, unlike Sight and Sound, Sight and Sound updates every ten years, uh, which is I think is mm. coming up. Is it coming up this year or next year? I think it, maybe it's okay. next year. Um, AFI did theirs 100 years, 100 movies, I think in 98 is when that came out. And then 10 years later, they did it again. But then they didn't do another 10-year update. They're not competing. Yeah, which is... So I'm just using the original one and when I reference uh, the list because... And that's the one I'm using yeah. uh, because my co-host on True Romance, Barry and I, we he's actually going through it from the bottom up. Oh, okay. Um, so he's I've, I think off. I've seen like 55 of them. Okay. And I'm, I'm missing the obviously like the 20s and 30s and those like, you know, singing in the rain and Yankee Doodle Dandy and that kind of garbage um, with a capital G. Uh, coming um, soon on Dave's selections for the month. <laughs> Jesus. And he, I'm, I have had – so I get Netflix disc. I have hmm. had these three movies here. For about a month. Normally, I turn through them pretty quick. COVID and all that stuff. A lot of time to watch stuff. But they have been sitting there. And I just, I've watched like 10 minutes of each. And it's, I'm just about ready to throw in the towel. Uh, Where do you stand on these lists, man? These like I don't look at them. Mount Rushmore lists. I've, I've never, I remember watching as a teenager that, that initial special. Because, uh, you know, especially that was the late 90s. So as a movie guy, 
you know, there were no movie podcasts, which, you know, we have failed to, to complete our initial premise of <laughs> broadening the base and putting out all these, you know, great movie podcasts. Uh, that Too many dick jokes for us, buddy. I, I was just re-listening to one today where we were going on for 10 minutes about the back of a dude's nutsack. And I couldn't even tell you what episode that was from because we went so <laughs> off the rails. There's a reason, you know, we're going to be switching to our Mount Rushmore format, but yeah, in doing this, I guess I should shout out the name of the podcast. It's called Off Screen Death, uh, which with with that title about you know like Marcus played, it's a stretch. It's how you choose to spend your time, and in this case, it's watching movies. But there's so many movies. What, what which direction do you go to? Um, I don't know about you. I feel like you and I are probably similar. Where sometimes it's just happenstance, uh, or sometimes you know one thing will naturally lead us to the next. So if I watch a, a Soderbergh movie. It, it maybe makes me think of another one. Either I've seen it before or I haven't, but yeah, then I start going yeah. down the chain. Uh, or it's got an actor that I like and you know that sort of thing. But as far as looking at a dominant list, uh, this show is called Off Screen Death. I, I had never actually looked at them again. Like I watched that special in the late 90s. I didn't even know they did an updated version. I don't pay attention to Sight and Sound's master list, the critics list, the director's list. None of that because it becomes a little too defined for me where it's like, these are the only movies that count. And for the most right. part, there's yeah. not a lot of movement. I will say that I noticed the sixth sense made it into the top 100 in their 10 year updated list. That, that seems a little like where's portrait of a lady on fire. Well, I was about to say recency bias is pretty bad already on film Twitter. So AFI is, right. is no better. You know, the, 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 the problem I have with these lists is, and it's the problem I have with this movie is, the fact that uh, See, this is interesting because I feel like if you go to those lists, this this is popcorn entertainment here. You start bringing up some of the other exactly. stuff. Exactly. I mean, this stuff right. stands out to me. If you compare North by Northwest with the rest of the stuff on those lists, then yes. Wow. Look at that. But imagine if you took Bad Boys by Michael Bay <laughs> and dumped <laughs> it, it in, in 1960 or whatever it is. <laughs> Put it in the theaters and let them watch that shit. So, Just imagine. Does that derail the form, or do you think it just it would advance it even further? It's advancing the form, and it's just like everything else, right? You know, um, I'm sure Honus Wagner was pretty awesome back in the day, but put him up against like Randy Johnson, put him up against you know all these guys in the modern day. Hit that slider, hit that hundred mile off fastball. Put Mike Trout back in the day. You know what I mean? The guy, even in the dead ball era, he would lead the league in doubles. I had this argument. Drunken and at the table with Barry and, and another friend of mine the but other day. could you go the other way and say put Mike Trout in that environment and that climate where men do not have personal trainers, where they're not training year-round, just drinking beer and smoking? He probably has a much happier existence as a ball player. That's fair. Not quite as that's rich fair, or but successful, but still happier. That's fair. But what I'm saying is the product in the field is it's much different now than it was back then. And – I respect these movies. Like I really respect North by Northwest. North by North. I haven't even struggled saying North by Northwest. I respect it, and I can see. I can put myself in that time period. I can put myself in that headspace where I would say, "Yeah, okay, this was a pretty crazy movie." You know, good old time. But then I turn on Bad Boys instead. So where do you think? Modern film. I can't believe that Bad Boys, by the way, is the is the benchmark that we're. I mean, using I'm not here. arguing against it because I like Bad Boys, but uh, me too. Uh, I, Any movie that that showcases Miami, I'm there. Well, I'm not gonna go, I guess, that far in that direction. But um, 
where, where do you think it starts? I think most people would probably say like the early seventies. I think you know people would go to like The Godfather or something as where you know modern cinema starts. The Godfather you could put on right now and it holds up, right? I mean, there are films. Even there's a um, Twelve Angry Men. Mm-hmm. You put Twelve Angry Men on and it holds up. So I think that that should weigh heavier when we're ranking these lists than I was here first. That I I was the Citizen Kane and these angles and this sto- type of storytelling. Like you look at Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando like innovated the way like almost like natural acting, mm-hmm. right? That like very realistic. He got away from the. Uh, from the ring-a-ding-ding style of excessive emoting sort of thing. And he was a very more naturalistic actor. But, you know, put him in a movie. Put him in Glengarry Glen Ross and see how that turns out for you. Or put him on the island of Dr. Moreau. I was going to say, that that, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing in Island of Dr. Moreau. I dig it because he's the only thing that's memorable to me about that movie. Uh, I don't know if it's naturalistic. He's, he's on a d- different wavelength there. That it's interesting to think of it that way, because I am—I'll just admit—like one of the um, so an up, my first selection for off-screen death uh, is a Woody Allen movie. Uh, I, w- I wanted to really uh, put Dave into a, a fix there with his <laughs> with his online <laughs> film Twitter presence uh, by having Woody Allen as a showcase. Uh, but there you go. The one that I chose is not one that is ever talked about, and it's. Strikingly different from, I think, what people would know. What is it? It's called Another Woman. Mm, I'm familiar with it. Uh, 1988, so you're fine. We're not going not going too far back. Uh, but, you know... Is that is that diddling era? Is that like the... Uh... I think it's right on the cusp. So I'm, oh, I'm safe, man. <laughs> I think. Between that and the last podcast you brought, where you brought the, the <laughs> I make my kid whatever Twitter rage... <laughs> You're really <laughs> submarining all of your podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I just put up on this feed, uh, Sin City, and uh, we we ended it, I think, to win people back by talking about our hopes and dreams for the next president uh, coming up. So I think you know, as long as we can, we can balance it out, we'll be fine. Um, but something like that, I think if I was just going off of lists, I wouldn't find it because Woody Allen – Say what you will about him, you know, personal life. Uh, he's also got a lot of established classics in his. Oh, yeah. His, his oh, yeah. There. So you can go with Andy Hall, probably Manhattan, a little more questionable now because of the, the plot points and the, the personality mm-hmm. involved. Uh, Even like Vicky Cristina Barcelona. That one, uh, I think. I don't know if that one would get brought as much, but I really dig that one. I, I dig. Like, oh, I'm sure you do. Especially when you're uh, confined in your room, <laughs> wifeless. <laughs> Or calling her in, like, "Hey, come check this out. What do you, what do you think about these? What things? do you think about that? <laughs> you got it. You got it like on on half speed, like the JFK assassin, like the Zapruder film. What color are your eyes? Uh, they're blue. Well, I'd like to invite you both to come with me to Oviedo. To come where? To Oviedo. For the weekend, we leave in one hour." What? Where is Oviedo? A very short flight. By plane? Mm-hmm. What's in Oviedo? I go to see a sculpture that is very inspiring to me. Very beautiful sculpture. You'll love it. Oh, right. You, you, you're asking us to fly to Oviedo and back? No, we'll spend the weekend. I mean, I'll show you around the city and we'll eat well, we'll drink 
with wine. We'll make love. Yeah, who, who exactly is going to make love? Hopefully the three of us. Oh, my God. I'll get your bill. Jesus, this guy, he doesn't beat around the bush. Look, senor, maybe in a different life. Why not? Life is short, life is dull, life is full of pain, and this is a chance for something special. Right. Well, who, who exactly are you? I am Juan Antonio, and you are Vicky, and you are Christina, right? Or is it the other way around? Yeah, but, yeah, you know, right. it could be the other way around because, frankly, it doesn't matter because either of us will do to keep the bed warm. You know, I, I get it. Well, you're both so lovely and beautiful. Yeah, thank you, but we do not fly off to make love with whoever invites us to charming little Spanish towns. Does she always analyze every inspiration until each grain of charm is, uh, how say, uh, uh, squeezed out of it? I guess I have to say that um, uh, my eyes are green, actually. Oh, God. Look, I, I, I wouldn't call our reluctance to leap at your sexual offer being over-analytical. If you would care to join us for some recognized form of social interaction like a drink, then we'd be fine. But otherwise, I think you should try, you know, offering to some other table. What offended you about the offer? Surely not that I find you both beautiful and desirable. Offended me? No. I, it's, it's very amusing, galling, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> is it my imagination or is it getting a little late? I Should we go? I would love to go to Oviedo. What? Are you kidding? Can I we discuss I think it would be so much fun. I think we should go. I would love to go. Christina, can we discuss this some other time? When You know, when I saw you across the room at the art gallery, I noticed you have... Uh, Beautiful lips. Very full, very sensual. Thank you. Okay, okay, look, I'm, you know, if you want to well, go... I can't guarantee the love making because I happen to be very moody. <laughs> I, I guess, you know, it's something that we can, you know, go ahead and uh, say, like the reason North by Northwest that we're even somewhat talking about <laughs> this film is that we're going to try to do our own Mount Rushmore every month. Mm. Uh, yep. But it's not going to necessarily be... Um, you know, an actor, director, consistently every time. It may be a genre, maybe uh, a, a particular, uh, you know, like a theme. God help me, it could be like you know Miami month. You know, your your best film set in Miami, and you know I hadn't even thought of it. <laughs> and thank you, Michael. Well, Go ahead, let's, well, let's we'll bring see. up the spreadsheet. We'll just see how groundbreaking Bad Boys really is if we can make the top four uh, of Miami films. And I think that you know you and I are not going to be going for the the sight and sound afi oh no i think it's going oh, to no. be incredibly you know there's gonna be some incredibly personal picks um but since we're giving a little teaser as far as the direction of this very podcast uh what what do you think will for the most part be the uh the starting bell i guess do you think it'll be like what is um, you know, had the most box office success, uh, what's the most critically acclaimed? Like, what do you think an average consumer of film would say if we're talking about, um, Steve Martin, for instance, you know, what, what comes to Ugh. mind for them? Well, I mean, I was just trying to go some, it, with someone who's been around for a while there. It just depends, right? It depends. I think that how you look at a person, right? Because, you know, you, you look at just say Tom Cruise, 
Tom Cruise is a the box office guy of the last like thirty years or whatever it is, right? He's graded on that on that metric. But you look at like a guy like Robert Pattinson, right? He's got a claim, but he you're really he, obviously he's started Steve Martin. But he's not graded on that, right? Tom Cruise is acceptable, but you're passing over Steve Martin saying Robert Pattinson. Let's go with him over them. Like Steve well, Martin has nothing. I, I just I'm pretending you didn't say that. Like <laughs> But these guys are graded on different things. You know, some are like, okay, this is their highest rated movie or this is their most critically acclaimed movie. And then there's our favorites, right? Because there's four heads on Mount Rushmore, right? So then there's our favorite, you know, my favorite, your favorite. I guess the moneymaker could be one or the the critically acclaimed one could be one. Just there's different ways to skin this cat. Or let's, uh, let's steer it to uh, Hitchcock, for instance, who has – I think that would be – you know, the, I think the four would have some consistency if you asked most cinephiles, but you know, the maybe the particular ranking would be different, and there may be some that are, are drop offs there just because he had such a storied career, like a, a right. Woody Allen. Um, also, I think wow. <laughs> also, to be fair to the the old guard, if we were doing Woody Allen, what would you bring to the table? Because I don't feel like doing Woody Allen. Oh, oh you were you scared of? Uh, I'm not scared off tr- after all of our uh, ball sack and uh, <laughs> no, it's just hair talk. I, I, there's so much discussion about Woody mm-hmm. Allen. Like I feel like I'm just like I'm throwing a drop into a giant bucket of water. You know what I mean? Into mm-hmm. the ocean. There's there's no need for it in my opinion. Crimes and misdemeanors would be my number one. If you're asking for for that, um, you know, I I would say Annie Hall would be your your starting gun for most yeah. people. Uh, and if you're saying what is the most, you know, what is the most Woody Allen like thing? Annie Hall probably encapsulates what it feels like to be like a Woody Allen movie. I just, I really, I think I would probably bring Vicky Cristina Barcelona well, to me. I, I personal I, touch I, coming in. Well, I've, <laughs> you know what it is? It, it, and, you know, God bless these ladies, but, uh, you know, I love Javier Bardem in that movie. Mm-hmm. I think that to me, that, that, that is his crowning achievement above all. Oh, okay. Like just how, like magnetic that dude is to me. He's just so not no country for old men, which is probably like his most iconic role. But you're saying that, and Vicky Cristina Barcelona, he gets to to bring out all of the showmanship. Whereas in in No Country for Old Men, he is doing one very specific thing. Right. He he's so he's frustrated, but at the same time, he's you know he gets very frustrated with Penelope Cruz's character, but. He has this like charisma about him, like this confidence when he he rolls up at the table. He's like, "Hey, come on the plane. We're just gonna go make some love, you know, hang out." The 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 stones on that guy, and 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 obviously the ability to back it up. I, I you know I I'm all in for that. I love Bardem in that movie. I would say, I guess Scarlett Johansson's okay there too. They're all pretty good. That's <laughs> a it's a look. It's a uh, if you're ever gonna sell that concept. Uh, those three, uh, which I'm forgetting the, uh, Rebecca, Rebecca Hall, Miller? Hall. Yes. Sure. Uh, I, I get her and is it Ferguson? The one in the mission impossible movies. I think I get those. I think Ooh. the two Rebecca's there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Um, the bronze medal winner. Sure. Uh, I think that <laughs> that's, that's probably the, the, the list that I would respond to more would be, okay, you give me one. One thing that gives us sort of a touchstone, but then I've got to have, you know, a Vicky Christina Barcelona in there. If, you know, Hitchcock, it would be what? Psycho, Rear Window, Vertigo, 
uh, maybe North by Northwest. Maybe somebody would say the birds, but the birds is what I was thinking right up front. Really? Okay. Um, yeah. I, I so you know, for me, birds was very formative. I watched it as a very very young kid, and I was kind of blown aback by it. Of course, I was a dumb kid, didn't know any better. It was like you know, you watch it now, and like, oh my god. See, I think it still stands out because it just has such a bleak ending. So for that it freaked me out for man. that time period. Uh, I remember watching as a kid too, and you know I don't really know what I expected as far as how they were going to beat off the the the, the birds as far as this invasion. I mean, you could shoot them, but there's so many. I don't really know if I was expecting fisticuffs uh, against this bird invasion. Uh, I did not expect yet again spoiler alert for this uh, classic that there just had to be acceptance that if the birds want to fuck you up, that's their choice. You you have that's no more it. say in the matter. And that was that was dark. It's certainly darker than, you know, North by Northwest, but even something like Psycho, which, you know, you actually see people being stabbed and you see the, the cover up process, which was uh, very controversial at the time. But still, when was the last time you watched Psycho? Oh, I watch it probably every couple of years. I think that one's pretty other than the, um, you know, the, the it amazingly does not hold up for me. What, what like, part? Just, it just doesn't hold up at all. Um, no, it, the way it's structured, like the way it like portions off, just drives me nuts. It's 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 such a like a weird. You know how people like will jerk a dog's chain real hard, and it kind of bothers me to watch that. Mm, okay, you know what I mean. Like you'll watch somebody who like the dog is kind of wants to pull, mm-hmm. and and its owner will like yank it to the point where like the dog like jumps. Mm-hmm. It drives me nuts. That's the way I feel. In, in Psycho, just like just so wait, too much. Who's who's is Hitchcock the one pulling the chain? Hitchcock here? is yanking me around. You know, we've got this like weird <laughs> bank sequence with the love lady uh-huh. and all this stuff, and then you cut and you're like go over here, and then I don't know tonally. It, 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 and also, you once you know the 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 uh, you know the mic drop or whatever it is, the the all oh, that stuff still works for me. I, I love. Mm. Actually, that one, I think, sticks out more than something like North by Northwest. Um, If we're going off this new format as far as – I would never say Psycho is the one. that If I was trying to get someone into Hitchcock movies, I wouldn't say, okay, if you watch Psycho, you'll be good for the rest of them. Because I do think it stands out. I think something like Rear Window and North by Northwest, uh, The Man Who Knew Too Much, those – you can probably tell like if you like that one, you should like the next one and the, the tone is similar. Um, rope would be one that's an outlier. I've not seen rope. Okay. Um, so I mean, what about vertigo? Everybody yips about vertigo. That is the, uh, I think the current sight and sound champion, the greatest film ever made, uh, you know, almost a decade ago, knocked out citizen. Kane. Sure. Uh, have you watched Citizen Kane recently? Did you watch it? I Mink? watched it like two years ago. Sure. I'm going to, I'm going to say sometimes sight and sound gets it right. Vertigo obsessed the sexy I own vertigo and yeah vertigo Eddie was Murphy the movies. vicky christina barcelona of its time <laughs> uh okay i guess nothing could ever get better nothing improves well, I mean, nothing changes and if we're gonna <laughs> it's very conservative if we're gonna inject racism into this it's because there would be no one like javier bardem leading <laughs> in a film in the vertigo era it's going to be uh, very white, very old Jimmy Stewart. But uh, yeah, I, I figured you would dig it. I figured you would like that one because it's, it's okay. I can't, I, I can't get a read on you uh, on uh, with even within the context of this conversation. You keep shouting out the Woody Allen movie that's the most. This is saying something. The most obsessed 
was having sex with multiple partners. You've just, <laughs> I, I think, and in fairness to you, thank God it's not Woody Allen or someone doing a Woody Allen impression playing the sex God yeah, part. It that is helps. Bardem in full glory. But Vertigo, that same obsession hung up on a woman entirely. But again, I go back Redhead to the same thing. Do it for him. Great, got to be you blonde. got here first. You got, he, he got there first. I got it. You know. You know what it reminds me? Going back to North by the Northwest, you know what I was thinking of the whole time I was watching it? I was like, man, Blue Ruin really improved this movie. Blue Ruin? Yeah. An idiot kind of going through the motions and trying to figure his way through this thing. He's just a moron. What? He's just like I, I, making mistakes right and left. You know, not to get into the uh, hot or not, but, you know, that's a far cry from... Mason, what was his name? Macon Blair. Macon Blair, yeah. Not Cary Grant, like, at all here. Like, that's a, that's the thing. It's like, North by Northwest puts our main character in a predicament that um, logically no one would want to be in. But you kind of want to be that guy. Blue Ruin, there's absolutely nothing. There's no part of this <laughs> this little thriller that he's involved in that I want to be a part of. I don't want to be him at all. He doesn't want to be himself in that movie. Cary Grant enjoys being Cary Grant. Yet... I enjoyed Blue Room Mill a lot more. It's probably because I associated more with old uh, <laughs> Macon Blair, old frumpy Macon Blair, or whatever it was. Because nobody wants to be me. <laughs> Why should I shoot for the stars like this? Why but should I shoot to be Javier Bardem, Cary Grant? There are those roles too. You're saying Cary Grant just is no Bardem. He's no. He's not even close. Do you think? Uh, imagine, imagine Cary Grant with the. Uh, Ashton, uh, the Shigura haircut. <laughs> I don't think he would have allowed himself to do that. Movie stars back then, they once they had their look defined, that was it. That's, that's how they were always going to be presented, just in slightly different contexts and stories. So uh, you may be right that there are other things uh, that are similar to North by Northwest, but I don't know, man. I still don't think that directors go for it with the, <laughs> the vigor that Hitchcock said make me a movie where we end up on mount rushmore go do it here's the monkey's asshole now work with it so mark has played uh follow us along <laughs> we're gonna be doing this month by month and i think you chose yeah you definitely chose i the did first mount rushmore uh on i this did feed. so uh, and i, I kind of went vanilla here right like uh like a it's we have this blank canvas that we're working mm -hmm. with right and I chose an actor. It's just like, ah, let's pick an actor. But I've been really wanting to talk about this guy's movies for some time now. Because I, I think that I'm one pushing movie. back or I'm trying to. There's one movie sort of, you really want to put on the feed. You know yeah. it. You know what time it is. It's, But in reality, what I'm doing is I'm countering this dry programming that has been gone out, going on in some of your other podcasts. <laughs> R.I.P. So I want I want to bring some fun and some life to 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 the airwaves, man. I love uh, so I, that. I'm just gonna interrupt you that uh, for months a podcast directed by is attacked on this show as being uh, an, an old mangy dog that needs to be put down. Uh, you know, it's, it's in pain. Like old Yeller. Old Yeller. Um, I bring up, hey, um, not only did uh, did you think that, but the creators of the show themselves thought, okay kill this let's go somewhere else uh but even after it's put in the grave uh fresh 
fresh grave, you still feel the need to say, here's how I'm explaining myself. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that show. So I'm going to do this instead. Uh, yeah. So what, who is your selection that would never be featured? So on a podcast I, I really, I want to, I want to look at the, the, the mountain that is uh, Eddie Murphy. I think Eddie Murphy is one of those guys. Uh, I would put him up there with like Tom Cruise status, like that level of star power. I, I mean, if you just like step back and observe the entire thing and it's in its glory and it's full splendor. There are some valleys I think that, in that, in that splendor. Yeah. Like if it's uh, going back to North by, North by Northwest, you get real close and you see all the ridges and the booger and the nose and the, and the president, but you, ba- you know, you back up and you see in its full splendor, you see, Oh man, look at this incredible piece of work of art. I think Eddie Murphy's career is a lot like that. You know, he's got some valleys and stuff, you know, uh, farting at the table in a fat suit and, Playing a donkey and things like things of that nature, but I think Eddie Murphy <laughs> made him a lot of money. Though. Deserves our recognition and, and our microscope. Those two choices didn't make him a lot of money, so I can't disrespect that. I don't know about uh, stuff like what Vampire in Brooklyn. I don't know if that made him a lot mm. of money, but um, I was just watching Tropic Thunder uh, for no real reason for no podcast, uh, and my wife hated it. By the way. Uh, she was, you know, not, she was, I don't think she was playing the woke card on how did this get made? Uh, she said, uh, this was too stupid to fit into any time period, but, uh, I felt the same way that movie opens with a direct attack on Eddie Murphy, the Jack Black character. Do you remember this? The like mini trailers? Yeah. Uh, it's just yeah, they're one attacking big, like that, the farting at the table yeah, or whatever it was. Pref- professor, uh, you know, shout out in the most insulting way, uh, possible. So we'll see. I, don't think the Nutty Professor is going to make this particular Mount Rushmore. But what is our, our first – not our choice. No, that we're going money-wise, right? So we both agreed, though, that uh, that Shrek should be scratched off. Shrek would be big number one as far as monetary. Shrek is his big yeah. moneymaker, right? But I think in the – one, he's playing the second fiddle uh-huh. here. Two, he's a cartoon. Three, that movie sucks. Agreed on all counts. So we decided let's go with the number two moneymaker and I think his filmmaking coming out party, which is Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, the announcement of uh, the announcement, you know, uh, certainly well, the 80s was competitive, um, but he had to be the top comedic performer. I mean, comedy action. Uh, You get into the the action hero status. The 80s is a tough bracket, but I don't know. He might have monetarily. Uh, I don't know him or Schwarzenegger. I mean, who who would have been in the '80s that was number one dollar for dollar? Ooh, is Tom Cruise late to the party there? He may just be getting ramped up mid '80s, but I, it, it could be him as well. Because Schwarzenegger early '90s also was. Uh, you know what the th- interesting thing is the, the the '80s and the '90s are where we still hold up our actors and our actresses as bankable. Like you give Jim Carrey 20 million bucks because the return on investment is going to be 200 million bucks mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Right. You still did these things. Whereas that's not quite the case anymore. So Eddie Murphy, um, really, I mean, he, he, he wasn't, it wasn't his looks. It wasn't his muscles. It wasn't his bravado or any of that. He just, he did it all on charm. So, Let's take a look. The making player of his time. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's not fair. You <laughs> you attack Cary Grant 
by comparing him to Megan Blair, but Eddie Murphy, untouchable. Okay. So, yeah, next week, join us for the start of this uh, new format, the anti-podcast directed by Marcus Blade, as uh, we we put Eddie Murphy on our Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Four of them. The inaugural. Four Eddie Murphy faces up there. Okay. All right. Beverly Hills Cop next week. Looking forward to it. Will there be you? Anything else? Oh, yes, my dear man. My pains. Uh, <laughs> really ill. <laughs> oh, this summer, America's favorite obese family is back. You're just mad because I'm skinny. I'm not. Jeff Portnoy. Jeff Portnoy. Jeff Portnoy. And Jeff Portnoy are The Fatties Part 2. In some countries, it's considered a compliment. Letting loose 